thank thee for these young children who love you and want to come and sing your praise. And we just thank you for their leaders and and for this church that give them the opportunity to come and to share your love. Pray now, Lord, that you'll be with Mark as he comes to share your word with us. Give him your words and your wisdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Stan, for the prayers, and we thank you, the choir and the children's choir, for that wonderful music. Uh, I will admit that the kids did a lot better job than I would ever do. I don't have any musical talent whatsoever. I have zip, zilch, zilch, zero, anything. Uh, I just can't carry a note. I can't carry a beat. I just, uh, and Heather can attest to that as well. But... uh, I'm, as many of you know me, uh, some of you probably don't, but uh, before I went off and uh, pastored a church, I was uh, filled in a lot for Pastor Brian when uh, he was on vacation. Uh, this is the first time that I filled in for him when he's unfortunately sick, so uh, I wished I could have came back and preached uh, on different circumstances, but uh, let's pray that uh, Pastor Brian has a speedy recovery and uh, when I think he is a patient, apparently, like myself, uh, I'm not very good. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, so before this long-running joke that I guess I had, maybe not Stan had, but I would never give him the title of my message. And early on, it was I legitimately would not get my message done before Stan needed it. And then, after a while, I just started doing it on purpose to him. And, yeah. (laughs) And so I always had a good deal of fun with it. And I'm not so sure if Stan did or not. He may go home and tell Marlene that, Mark, I wish he'd give me that message. But... uh, No, it's good to be back. It's good to be here. And Heather and I can't thank you enough for allowing us to serve here. I know for me it's a dream come true uh, to serve as your youth pastor. And, uh, and, you know, it just came at the right moment for Heather and I. uh, And it really uplifts us each week when we get to serve the youth. And uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, We're big kids at heart, as if you follow us on Facebook, you'll see uh, comments about Disney and everything else, so at least I think we're somewhat in tune with the kids, probably Heather more so than I, but uh, I'm catching up. I think uh, the youth can uh, attest to that. I'm catching up, but anyways, Christmas is a wonderful time of year. Just hearing the word Christmas fills my soul with joy and excitement. For many of us, when we think of Christmas, our minds are flooded with wonderful memories. I remember each year after Thanksgiving, my dad and I would work all weekend decorating the house for Christmas. I always wanted to have the biggest display around. The last Christmas that my dad was alive, we had enough lights to wrap around each of the trees that lined the driveway. 
My mom would always make sure I received my top items on my Christmas list. I thank God for all those wonderful memories. While Christmas may bring a great deal of joy, it can also bring sorrow. This Christmas season can bring with it unbearable loneliness. A home that was once filled with laughter is now silent because a widow sits alone by herself on Christmas morning. This time of year can feel overwhelming at times. We think about how life used to be and the uncertainty of the future. All these emotions are understandable, but this morning I want to bring you comfort and hope and provide you something that will turn your sorrow into joy. And that something is focusing on the real meaning of Christmas. What is the real meaning of Christmas? Well, I think we can find the answer in John chapter 1, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This simple yet powerful verse sums up why we celebrate Christmas. The word in this verse, of course, is Jesus Christ. Our God came down to earth and took the form of a human through his son Jesus. I believe the Christmas story can become so familiar to us that we forget how awesome it is. Take a moment and ponder this concept. Jesus became human. This means God loved us so much that he was willing to dwell among us through his son Jesus Christ. Jesus experienced every human emotion we go through. He experienced the happiness when he dined with others. He experienced anger when he chased out the money changers at the temple. He experienced sorrow when his friend Lazarus died. He experienced fear after, when he prayed to his father the night before he went to the cross. Jesus was 100% human. Every feeling, emotion, and circumstance you find yourself in, Jesus went through it. Yet the difference between Jesus and us is that the Bible tells us that he was tempted in every way, but did not sin. Jesus truly is the reason of the season. When we think about what Jesus did for us, all the problems we have don't seem as important. We can become so stressed during this time of year, worrying about pleasing others, making sure that we get them the right gift, but we forget what really matters, and that is to please God. When we please God, we turn, we in turn please others, because pleasing Jesus brings a joyful heart. Too many people have lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. They have lost the Christmas spirit. 
by not celebrating Jesus' birth and remembering what Christ did for us. Jesus Christ has removed the barriers between God and man. And now we may approach him with confidence and boldness. If you turn back to Luke chapter 2, we see the good news of, of Christ's birth. It says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. When Christ came into this world, Everyone could come to him with boldness and no fear. This is what the angel is trying to tell his shepherd. There is no need to fear. It was a message of hope for an anxious, restless nation of Israel. They toiled under the heavy yoke of Roman Empire, understanding that if they did not submit, they would be destroyed. Jesus was born at a time when a message of hope was particularly needed. But this message rings true today. Do not fear. The events surrounding the world today are scary. The growing threat of China and Russia, the threat of nuclear war with North Korea, the threat of foreign and domestic terrorism can paint a horrifying picture of our future. Nevertheless, God is saying, do not fear. I am here. We as Christians really have nothing to fear because we rest on this promise that Jesus is here. Some of you know I'm a huge Snoopy fan, and Charlie Brown's Christmas is my favorite holiday movie. And the best part is towards the end, and Charlie Brown is asking what is Christmas all about. And Linus tells him, Charlie Brown, I can give you an answer. So Linus strolls onto the stage and begins reciting Luke chapter 2. But something monumental happens when Linus gets to verse 10. And most people overlook it. When Linus says, do not fear, for the first time ever, Linus throws down his security blanket. It is so subtle, but powerful. Linus no longer needed that blanket to help him recite Luke chapter 2 in front of the crowd. All he needed was Christ. We all need to throw down our security blanket and live a life for Christ. Throw away whatever's keeping us from living a life full of Christ. Throw away that sin that is tearing you down. Throw away that addiction that is keeping you from experiencing God's love. Throw away your insecurities and begin boldly proclaiming the word of God. Whatever security blanket you have, do what Linus did. Throw it down. Throw away. If we truly rely on Christ, then you don't need a crutch to get you through. In order to rely on Christ, you must believe the angel's words in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. As I stated before, the reason we celebrate Christmas is to remember that God became man in order to save us from our sins. You see, the Jewish people longed for a Savior, but they expected him to free them from Roman rule. The angel's meant message meant something more. 
Jesus had come to save the world. We all want to be saved from something, such as a bad marriage, debt, other sins, but Jesus came to save individuals from their sin. We don't like to take ownership of our actions. We lay blame on everyone else. We blame our actions on the way we are raised, our careers, our home life, our social life, but none of this is going to matter when we meet Jesus. On that day, each of us will have to give an account for our lives, and Jesus will not be a little baby lying in a manger. He will be fully clothed in his royalty garments as king of kings, lord of lords, and prince of peace. Each of us will tremble at his feet when we meet him. The Mercy Me song I can only imagine, I love it. And the lyrics provide several scenarios of how we will act on that day. But I think there is only one thing that we will be able to do. We'll be brought to our knees as each of us will feel unworthy to be in his presence. His light will be so radiant that we won't be able to look at his face. We will only be able to see his, his feet. For the Christian, this will turn into a triumphant moment of joy because our sweet Savior will reach down and pick us up and look at us and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Oh, what a day that will be to be asked by our Savior to enter the joy of the Lord. So many of us long for better jobs, better pay, or promotion. But on that great and glorious day, when we meet our Savior, and when he says those words to us, we will receive the greatest reward. Meeting our Savior is what it's all about. While this will be a wonderful day for those of us that put our faith in him, it will be a day of agony and sorrow for those who do not accept him. You will before, be before Jesus' throne, and you will not be able to make any excuses. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we not, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. Depart from me. This phrase, I believe, is the saddest verse in all the Bible. It illustrates that, yes, God is loving, but he is a righteous judge. And that is what we don't like to preach nowadays. We like to preach about God's love, especially this time of year. We picture Jesus as a little baby lying in a manger, but we also must remind people he is a judge. He weighs our hearts, and if we haven't accepted Jesus as our Savior, we are not going to heaven. Jesus says, anyone not found in the, written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That is a promise from God. Jesus used his ministry to warn others of the consequences of not putting their faith in him. Hell is not a place you want to go to. 
It isn't a fun place where you will mingle with others. You will be in total darkness and tormented for not just a day, a week, a month, or a year, but for all of eternity. Even your loved ones in heaven will never know you have existed. Your presence in their lives will be wiped from their memory. This memory, this morning, I ask yourself, have you truly put your faith in Christ? Today, there are wars and rumors of wars, but the greatest war of all is the war between God and us. We stubbornly rebel against his authority and defiantly seize control of our lives apart from him. But the war can be over as we yield ourselves to Christ as our Lord. You see, peace abides in the hearts of all who have trusted in God's grace. I came across the story during the First World War. On Christmas Eve, the battlefield was strangely quiet. As the snow, soft snow fell, the young men were thinking of home and their families. Softly, one, man, one young man began to hum Silent Night. Others took over the chorus until the trenches resounded with that Christmas song. When they finished, they were astonished to hear the song echoing from the trenches across no man's land. In their own tongue, the other soldiers also sang Silent Night. That night, they were thinking of the Prince of Peace, the Christ of Christmas. I found this story so fascinating because the gospel on that night wasn't being brought to those in power, but the common man in the trenches, the common man who are often pawns for their rulers. How different would this world be if we would unite around that holy infant so tender and mild? Earth can be as heaven with Christ, discord can be peace when Christ is near, midnight gloom can be transformed into noonday brightness, when he abides with us. Just imagine for a moment if everyone on this earth would simply turn to him and unite around the battle cry, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward mid. At the core, everyone is the same. We all long for happiness and peace. I so wish as a world if we could reach out to one another without any rulers between us and touch each other's hearts because those feelings we have for one another is so different when we see each other's face. I recently watched a documentary about North Korea and the reporter was an American and he asked these young boys what they wanted to do and they enthusiastically said kill Americans. After some time playing with these boys, the reporter finally revealed to them I'm an American, and ask them again, do you want to kill Americans? Their enthusiasm quickly dissipated. When we are able to put a face to our enemy, it is so much harder to hate them. That is why we need to bring the gospel to all the ends of the earth. Full peace will come when Christ returns. But until that day, we can know his peace is in our hearts 
and be messengers in his peace in the world. I recently challenged my youth to listen closely to the Christmas story found in Luke chapter 2. I wanted them to see that you can read the Bible over and over again and still discover something new. And Heather and I participated as well in this exercise. And what was so amazing was that each one of us said essentially the same thing. We discovered evangelism. Evangelism is in the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2 was the first was the world's first evangelical service. The shepherds were the congregations, the angels were the evangelists, the announcement of the gospels in all its beauty, and the invitation was responded to, to by everyone who heard it. The shepherds carried out the angels' instructions and became evangelists themselves. And that is what we need to do. The Christmas, this Christmas, I challenge you to become an evangelist. Proclaim the name of Jesus everywhere. Because that is where true peace abides. Remind others that God became flesh and eventually died so that our sins may be forgiven. That is the comfort that we must hold on to this Christmas. No matter how bad or how good your Christmas season is, remember that if you have Christ in your heart, then you have already received the greatest Christmas gift known to man. If we lean on Christ, he will find your he will turn your joy or turn your sorrow into joy. If you haven't given your life to Christ this morning, then I urge you to come and receive that peace, knowing that no matter what happens, that you are on your way to heaven and to live in eternity with Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for these few moments. We just thank you, Lord, that for your son, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your son coming down and becoming one with us, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the fact that Jesus went through everything that we will ever experience and that we can rely on him as an example for our lives. And we can depend on him to get us through each and every situation. Father, I ask now that if someone here today that doesn't know you, Lord, we just pray, Father, that your spirit will work in them and that today will be the day that they say, yes, Lord, I want to, you to come into my life and be my king and to be my ruler. Father, we just pray, Lord, for those that can't be with us this morning. We lift them up, Lord, wherever they are. And pray, Lord, that you will provide them comfort. Father, in these next few moments, we just give them over to you. And may your spirit work in this building. Father, let us not take for granted your son, Jesus. 
this season. Let us all remember your son. And not only lying in a manger, but nailed to the cross. And also ascending to heaven. And we can have that same hope to ascend to heaven and to see you in all your glory. Father, we ask that you forgive us where we fail you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.